Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Dr. Akut Sogut, sports agent and sports lawyer. Akut, what is the most popular misconception that football fans have about a football agent? I mean, that's what is in the news, I would say, what yeah. they read about agents. Yeah. And uh, generally, there is a bad image uh, mm. regarding agents because they get so much money from the clubs. Mm-hmm. That's what they think and that they're greedy. And uh, I wouldn't say it's the agents which should be blamed for everything. I'm saying like in every profession, there are good ones and bad ones. Yeah. There are good agents, bad agents, like good lawyers, bad lawyers. And the same is with the agents. It's nothing different. And uh, but it's ob- obviously it's easy to blame the agents because the agents don't have like um, um, a, like a kind of a community that can back them and help them in the media and everywhere else. So they're just literally more alone by themselves. And for the clubs, it's easier to blame someone and it's the agents when they pay a lot of money. They don't have to pay sometimes that much money, especially on the club side that people don't know that uh, a lot of agents act on behalf of the clubs. So yeah. I'll just give you an example. I'm going to make a deal. I'm representing a player. Suddenly, from the other side, there are two agents coming up and saying, we are representing that club. And I'm mm. saying, why that club needs now two other agents involved to pay agency fee? Mm. If I'm the agent of the player and they just have to pay me. So it's suddenly, they're paying three agents and that's a lot of money. And then in yeah. the end, if the club's paying so much money to agents, they say, oh, hey, the agents are the bad guys. No, sometimes they put agents into the game. Yeah. So, yeah, but do you think that so in that in that particular example and in that case, do you think that although we've seen an increase in regulation over the years, do you think it still needs to be more closely regulated? Yeah, I mean, at the moment there's no really a regulation to mm. become an agent. You have to pass I mean, a, a FIFA uh, test, right? No, no, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. that. Was, it's a voluntary thing. Yeah, that, no, it's not. I mean, in the past it was all controlled by FIFA, mm. and there was an and there were an exam which was done in the football federations wherever you were living. Yeah. And this, and there's no exam since 2015. Okay. At the moment, you just go online today. You just register yourself, and you're you're an intermediary. They call us right now. Right. And you can start working. So literally, you pay a fee, which is like four hundred, uh, four or five hundred pound, and that's it. You're a registered intermediary, right. an agent, and you can represent tomorrow a football player. So to work as an agent is like, or to start working is very simple and easy. There's no regulations at all. I mean, this is a danger for the players and uh, for the family members. They got represented by people who has no clue about the business or hasn't learned anything. So as a responsible agent with some big clients, some of the biggest clients in the world, how do you feel about the lack of regulation in that in that way? It's I mean, frustrating for you, presumably. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, just, I'm always fighting for more education in that area. And that's why I'm also in the FIFA workshop. I'm working with the guys together to change the regulations. And uh, the first thing I brought up was, was really we need like kind of an education program for agents because these people, they're representing football players, which their careers is so like limited. Yeah. Seven, eight years average, maybe 10, 15. Yeah. So these people need to be, have some education and background knowledge to represent these players. It can't be so easy because you can destroy your life of a football player so easily. Yeah. How, how did you first become 
uh, and Adrian. I mean, some of your clients and people will know Mesut Ozil, Ilkay Gundogan. Yeah, I mean, um, so representing Mesut Ozil for a long yeah. time, Ilkay's agent is his uncle, Ilan. Yeah. He works with us in a group. Okay, so you're part, part of the same uh, yeah, company. So, okay, yeah, so what we did literally was we, we brought people together where family members were representing football players mm -hmm. and trying to create a community and called it family and football. So yeah. the agents of these uh, players are working with me together. So I don't represent them on myself. So we mm -hmm. are like more a team of um, agents coming together and representing the players and helping each other. But... Uh, Players like Ilkay Gundo and his uncle is, for example, the manager or the agent. Yeah. But he's with us in the same umbrella of family football. But you, so you decided to to embark upon that career yeah. because you had family friends who were football players, and you wanted yeah. to make sure they got good representation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So we, so we felt, and a lot of uh, family members of football players, they don't want to go into a big agency where which represents five hundred, six hundred players or three hundred players. They always boost, but we have so much players. Yeah, I mean that's not a good environment for a player. You're just one of six hundred, like especially yeah. for a young player. What 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 can you expect there? Like it's yeah. like. For me and the family members, they got excluded usually from the business. And I think the family members, they have the right to be more insight and to to know what's what's really going on there behind the scenes. I mean, the parents are looking after the kids the whole time and the years bringing them to the training ground, washing literally the clothes of the boy, and looking after him like for everything. And suddenly yeah. when the boy is 17, 18, an agent comes around from the right and said, hey, I'm an agent. I do the deal. I got 10% commission. Goodbye. Yeah. So what's 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 what with the family members? So what? So they yeah. just left behind. And usually, and I said that 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 kind of management is not like, in my opinion, the right way. And I mm. said we believe in something different. We we believe that we have to bring these family members together. That's why we have these players under one umbrella with the family members, so we can help each other, and we mm. don't need to go into a big agency to get the same services and everything. So I think that's uh, that's the future model. And and give give people an idea of what you look after for the player. So it's not just a contractual negotiations for his playing contract. It will be what I th I think I've heard called a 360 deal where you, you look after everything. So image rights and endorsements and everything like that. That's something that falls under your umbrella in total. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we can do because we have not have 500 players. We have mm. less quality players, some talent. So that's we have the time to take care of with everything. Mm. Otherwise, you can't do that. In an agency, we have hundreds of players. How will you take care like 360? Mm. It's, literally, uh, it's literally impossible. Mm. You're just a number there. And mm. I think uh, what, we, what we're trying to do is give them really the comfort that they just focus on the pitch and we can do everything uh, off the pitch. And that's kind of the goal. But there are always, I think, two different kinds of agents. There are some agents who are, who are looking really after the player 360 and trying to give the best service with everything. Mm. And there are some agents, they're just deal brokers. They just go break a deal, get the commission out. They might call the player six months later and say, hey, there's another opportunity for you. You mm. might change a club. Do you, would, would you like to? You would earn more money. The mm. player might say, yes. He breaks another deal, gets his commission and gone and leaves the player for himself alone. I mean, it's, it's what you want to do and uh, how you're in the market. And you would never like to work like that. No, I mean, as an agent, I said, well, what I said in the beginning, you mm. can represent players and you can represent clubs. Yeah. Sometimes you're on the club side, sometimes you're on the player side. So, And uh, on the player side, the players we represent, we work with them 360. But I give you an example. Let's say I have a friend who's an agent in Germany. Mm. Uh, he calls me and says, hi, I could I represent this player. He plays, for example, for Borussia Dortmund and uh, we think he's good for the Premier League. And then he asked me, hey, could, can you check the Premier League if he could be, uh, if there's a club looking for that kind of player? And sure. then I start looking yeah. and trying to help them 
So we broke deal, we share commission, and I'm out. I'm not looking after the player 360 because he has an agent, sure. looks, but I'm helping to break the deal. Mm -hmm. So that's another way to uh, act in that business. You don't have a lot of players. You, you, do, you don't need to have a lot of players. You need, you need to be smart and see what you can do and follow the market. Mm. And what do you make of... of when we started this this chat, we talked a bit about misconceptions of agents in, in, in the media. And some one of the most common ones I certainly hear is that an agent will purposely unsettle their player to force a move to get commission on the, on the transfer move. And we, I'm, I'm in the moment, at the time of recording, we're in the middle of what's happening with Paul Pogba, for example. A lot of football fans would have the opinion that his agent unsettles players a lot to get moves to different clubs to get commission. Is that something you see happening in the industry that you're working in? I mean, um, regarding that case, what you mentioned, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. I, I don't know the inside. That's why yeah. it's always better to say nothing if you don't know what's sure. going on there. It's just the media. What the media says, It's you, you don't know if you can believe it or not anyways. But generally, I mean, there might be agents who work like that. They yeah. just want to focus on the commission they'll get the next step. But there might be agents who are really not working like that. As I said in the beginning, there are agents who really care about the player in first hand, want to make the uh, make it for the players. And there are some agents who really think about themselves in first hand. Like, just an example, if I go and negotiate a deal for my client, mm -hmm. I'm not going to negotiate first my commission. Mm -hmm. But there are some agents who goes into the club and says, hey, I can bring you this player. How much is my commission? And they say, for example... 5%. He goes to the next club. Hey, I know you guys are interested. How much would you give to this player? Uh, how much is my commission? They would say 8%. So he would literally work on for himself first, yeah. find the club with the biggest commission for himself, and then go to the player and say, hey, you know what? That club is the best club yeah. for you. Regardless you of know, whether that player is going to exactly, fit in there. Yeah. Exactly. You can't work like that. That That's a kind of, a lot of people do that. But you should definitely get the best options out for your player, mm. and then you will work for your own commission. Am I right in saying that players um, and agents have... Um, a two-year deal at, at all times and it has to be renewed every two years. Yeah, I mean, that's the general rule which FIFA gave out and some uh, federations have the same rule. But, uh, for example, and not many people know this, in Germany, that rule doesn't exist anymore. Since 2004, there was a court decision and two agents was claiming, hey, we were representing that player, but the player went with another agent to that club and signed a deal. And um, But the court uh, decision was... Uh, a player can use as many agents as he wants. He's an employee and he's protected to find a new job. So if yeah. that agent can't find him a job, another one can find him a job. So people still sign it for two years, but in Germany, for example, it doesn't make uh, sense. Like there's no exclusivity in Germany. Mm. But in other countries, like in England, there's still an exclusivity. If you sign a player for two years, he's two years with you. It gets pretty complicated then because if you, if you, for example, you represent Mesut Ozil and presumably you did that, representation deal in Germany with him when you when he first came through as a player and now he plays in England I mean where's the jurisdiction line I mean I did it here the representation did you yeah. okay okay you did it here <laughs> no, so yeah, representation no. so the jurisdiction is in yeah. England no but I'm just kidding like <laughs> I mean uh, so that, that's that's one one of the biggest issues uh, we have mm. uh, right now because uh, the regulations are in every country different right now like wherever you go for example if I need to make a deal in Italy I might or in France I need to register myself there before I do the deal with the football federation pay a fee mm. and then I can go on mm. so if I if I for example want to do a deal now in Turkey 
but I'm not registered with the Turkish Football Federation. I can't do a deal in Turkey from a club, a Turkish club to another Turkish club. Right. So I need to pass an exam first in Turkey to right. be able to do a deal within Turkey. But if I bring a player from Europe into Turkey, yeah. then they say, that's okay, you can do that. There's a lot so, to remember. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> there's so many like, and then in France, if you want to become an agent today, you need to pass an exam. Mm. Uh, like, uh, mm. which is not easy. Same mm. in Italy now. They started with doing an exam, and I think ninety-five percent missed the uh, couldn't pass the exam. It was like one or two months ago in Italy, and uh, it's really a mess. And it needs to be controlled from one center. Yeah, regulations for uh, for all the countries. If I'm registered with the headquarters of FIFA as an agent, that should be enough to do deeds all over the world. Yeah, or maybe there should be some kind of um, European Union type agreement, something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's going to be hard, right? But if there's Brexit, I don't know. What yeah, well, that's another Brits, thing. Brits <laughs> that's another layer of complication over the top. Exactly. But I, th- I think um, I think because certain leagues in certain countries are much more powerful or much more yeah. money laden, it'll probably be difficult. What, what does what does an, I understand if you are in the middle of a negotiation with a player for a new contract or a transfer, your week would look very different. But what does an average week look like for for you doing this job? Oh, I mean, a lot of traveling, presumably. Yeah, I travel with Chile every week, once, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes twice, but once is very normal to travel around, in, yeah. usually in Europe, but also very often to America, because my, my main thing in my life is still teaching. I'm sitting here as a sports agent and sports lawyer, but uh, I'm a, I'm a, that's what I love to do and what my passion is, is teaching. That's mm. why I have so many young uh, students around me and interns in my office and I'm teaching them how to become a football agent or how to mm. become a sports lawyer. That's why I go to different universities all over the world to do. I was at Harvard Business and Law School, gave a guest lecture. I was last this year, I was in uh, in Washington at George Washington. I went to LA to teach. So I'll go to Mumbai in September for two days to teaching. I'll go to Bogota and to Miami this year. So I have every month literally one or two teaching um, yeah. um, work to do. So And which I love, which is my passion. I mean, through teaching, I came to my biggest clients today. Yeah. That opened me the door while I was teaching people. So that's how you became an agent, yeah. really? I mean, Mesut Ozil is becoming my client because I was teaching, literally. You no know, People ask me, how do you become the agent of Ozil? And I said, look, I was teaching upcoming agents. I was teaching family members how to do contracts. I was helping them, yeah. telling them, here, if you do a boots deal, you should be careful about these these things. If you do a contract, be careful about options and whatever. So I was trying, and, and I started like, that was like more like 10 years ago in Germany and Turkey and I was giving seminars over the weekend for people who are interested into that mm. and wanted to learn more, wanted to be more educated. So family members of Mesut came to my seminar as, and then they contacted me afterwards and said, hey, would you mind to come to Germany and uh, and give some education to all our employees in the marketing company? So I said, yes, why not? Once a month I went to Germany and gave them like some education. That became like uh, uh, once a week and then later on I said, hey, why don't you move to Germany? Became now the uh, lawyer of Mesut. Okay, why not? I do it. Then later on, hey, why not becoming his agent? So, so, so literally, this teaching, my passion, which I love, brings me the clients in my life. Mm. So, and still, that's what I'm following is my teaching. And we'll talk a bit more about um, Zilta Erka after the break. So, stick around. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Welcome back to this Ramble Meets episode with Agent Urquhart Sogut. Thank you very much again for, for being with us, Urquhart. We, we mentioned a bit um, about Meza Ozil before the break, and he's clearly your most high-profile client. Um, is, it, is it something that, that, that it becomes a whole new type of job when you've got a client who's a player who's so well-known and so talented and, and in the press all the time? Does it become almost a whole new dimension to working because of that? Yeah, I mean, with a, with a player like Mesut and this this the same level player, you have a lot more to do. I mean, yeah. people don't realize that is like it's almost look, a full time job just looking yeah, after him. I mean, it's like looking after twenty um, standard Premier League players, yeah, like average uh, Premier League players, mm. which is like not that famous. That's like having one Mesut Özil like on the side. That means you have much more press media work, which much more a charity work. Obviously, you got much more people asking, "Hey, can you do this? Can you do that?" Especially on charity side, we got asked so many things, and it's very difficult to say no. So you want to do everything, you want to help everywhere. So we just uh, does the club not lead on that though? The club he's at? <clears throat> no, I mean the club has his own charity where he's active too, and which and is he has good. to do media days at the club yeah, and yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, but on top you have your own things. So sure. I mean we're operating since 2014, kids all over the world, and now uh, for his wedding he announced he will operate another thousand kids all right. over the world. Right, which is like a big thing behind. Mm. So I need to work on that. We need to find the places. We need to find the doctors who are going abroad to operate. We do the big show together. On the other hand, uh, we do a lot of giving food like for poor people. We did like for 16,000 people just uh, three weeks ago in Turkey to, in all food centers. We're organizing that. I need to meet these people. I need to organize that. The money needs to be transferred. It needs to be followed up. So there's a lot of things going behind the scenes like where you do or or the box we have at the Emirates, for example. We use we have 15 seats, for example, there which we can use. But every day, Mesut says, like for every home game, hey, keep five uh, seats for some some kids with illness, like sickness. There, right. so we bring nearly every home game a family inside whose kids has some cancer or something like that. So we always he said because I think that's the family thing. Is also from his mom. I think what he got to say. Mm. You need to give back. 
Sure. It, yeah, he needs to say, it, she always says to him, like, and she has even a letter in his house written to his son and says, Mesut, you're not my son if you don't share what you have with others who are in need. So mm. he has that kind of feeling and that's what he gives us as a work always. Erkut, do this, do that. Mm. Give, uh, find some projects, help people. And he so you have to feel not- like you have to be a part of that as well. Of course. Is it hard for you, to, is it hard for... <clears throat> In, in, among all this stuff going on, and we'll talk a bit about the media coverage of, of Mesut in a minute, is is it hard to keep and maintain a focus on the football? No, I no, I wouldn't say so. No, I mean, he's totally focused on football as well. I mean, that's his main thing. And uh, during the day, he wakes up, he goes to training, he comes back. They they live literally football every day. That's their that's their work, mm. and uh, it has nothing to do with focus or not. I mean, mm. uh, he's focused as it was before. People think, oh, he plays PlayStation. He's not focused anymore. Yeah, it's good for the media, you know. But yeah. he's not playing more PlayStation than the other players so because there's no time to play more. But if he was, would you step in and say, look? Of course, of course. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, like, but uh, I mean, he wouldn't himself. He's not stupid. I mean, he played so long, uh, so much football in his career in different clubs. He achieved yeah. so many things. He knows when is the limit and when not. We don't need to go and tell him, hey. You do it too much or so. He's not that kind of person like you have mm. to say. They're like younger players. You have to maybe say when they're 18, 19. But Mesut is 30. You don't have to tell them like, sure. hey, you know, you should be more careful about this or that. No. So when um, you're able to, to, to broker the deal for Mesut, his current contract at Arsenal, where he obviously paid very well and there's a lot, a lot was made of that. Were you a bit surprised by how much mm. negative coverage has come from the English press around the amount of money that Mesut is paid um, based on you know the contribution he's made, because he's clearly one of the most one of the best players in in, in the world, right? Um, there were there was a lot of negative coverage of that. Were you surprised by that? I mean, why should be the negative coverage regard uh, towards Mesut? I don't understand. It's an offer from the club, mm. which the player and we accept and we sign. Sure, so no, I, I it, understand yeah, your yeah. point of view. Why I, I, is I'm, it? Why the people uh, blaming him now for earning that money? Mm. What the club offers him to get him? Well, why, what do you and think? The fans, and the fans acting like they get the money from their pocket out every week yeah. and has to pay them going there to the Emirates and here yeah. while we have to pay you. So, I mean, I mean, why do you think that? Fan, why do you think they no, think that? I don't know. I mean, like uh, for players like Mesut, you, you, you have to think as well, like not just on the pitch and off the pitch for the club as well. And I know, like, uh, if it's from Jersey sell worldwide, Mm. Is it regarding commercial deeds for the clubs? Players like Mesut bring a lot into the club. Mm. It's not just on the pitch. They make a lot of money out of players like Mesut. Mm. He, he, he improves uh, the brand worldwide, yeah, I mean, that kind of thing. I mean, he reads on the social media. He has a bigger reach than the club, yeah. which is big. He has a bigger media than the club itself. So mm. that means uh, the club can use that as well. Mm. So which is another uh, way to make the club. And, and I think some people in England forget there are more Arsenal fans outside England. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. Arsenal fans are not just the ones in England. Yeah. Why why are the Arsenal fans outside England not treated the same way? Mm. Why not they listen to them one? Like in I mean in Asia there are millions of Arsenal fans. In in America, all over the world, they are like fan clubs. Mm. They're they're spending so much money for the club. They're coming to the game spending so they're fans. They're maybe more diehard fans like. So, but they're not recognised, in my opinion, same like the fans over here. Like, yeah, okay. So you think it's skewed towards? It? Well, I suppose it's because Arsenal is based in in England, yeah, so that, that's but why. Still, it's but still, but coverage. football is global now, and mm. uh, you can't see it like as a fan just in England. You have to see it like as a global fan because these fans are also members. They pay. Mm. They got season tickets. They come over here. They go shopping. Everything. They're like fans. Yeah. Bring money to the club. That's a global thing. Yeah. That's why if you have players which have a global reach, it's good for the club. Yeah, to me, it feels a bit like. Um, that, that fans of Arsenal 
particularly are currently a little bit upset about the direction of the club and about the, the club perhaps being a bit left behind by Man City and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And, and they were promised these things about the stadium's been paid for now so now we can buy all these players um, and they feel like I said they feel a bit left behind and maybe it feels to me that because Meza is the best paid player at the club he's the, the the fall guy because people need to direct their anger somewhere yeah. and I think the big players <laughs> the World Cup winning players um, probably take a lot more of the a lot more of yeah. the, uh, the the criticism yeah but you have to see always I think this is like there are 11 players on the pitch in the end of course yeah I'm not um, I don't think it's fair for me to to, to ask you a lot of questions about Meza Ozil because you, you're not you're not you don't have to speak for him yeah, I'm sure yeah. he'd be happy to speak for himself and, and, and I'm sure he does you know put, put his all into everything um yeah, clearly it's 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 unfortunate that the, the criticism he's got. I mean, to, to me, you mentioned earlier a bit about the charity work he does and everything he puts into into back into the community, the money he earns. I wonder if more can be done to shout about that a bit more to to make it clearer that he is doing these things. Or do you this feel is, like you should this need is to not, do that? This is not good news. You know what I mean? Uh, good news are bad news. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so it's that, not, it's not a, something the papers just, are interested yeah, in. Yeah, I just give you an example. Like we were, yeah, of course they're not. We just give you an example. We just uh, started a, a campaign called Your Story, Our Voices. I don't know if you heard about that. No. So one day we were sitting like a couple of weeks ago and they said, look, I have this reach over 80 million on my social media. Why are we using this just for commercial stuff or mm. private stuff? Can't we do something else with it? And then I said, what do you think? Uh, what do you think with what can we do? I said, I don't know, maybe we have to open it up. Open it up to people. They can use it. Like mm. they need to bring their voice out, like to mm. say what problems they have, the 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 which the mainstream media would never say about or would never do about. Why I have our own media, let's bring it out to the people and say, okay, then we then we sit back and thought, okay, let's let's try to use it. How? And then we came to the idea, okay, it's your story, it's our voices. Mm-hmm. That means some uh, someone who suffered from discrimination, racism, mental health especially, and a lot of other things, can write Mesut an email with the story, with the video, and he will post it on his social media, which he did like three days ago with a, with a girl. She, was, she, she tried to kill herself twice. She lives in Canada. She, is from, she has Indian Punjabi background, and she's had so many health, mental health problems. And she came out with that story and shared it with us, and Mesut put it on his social media, mm-hmm. on every platform. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was in any media... No, no, I've not heard of it. Yeah, yeah. for example, because yeah. because that's not. But if there would be like he played three hours PlayStation, then it would be in the media. Yeah, it would be all around. And if there would be bad quotation, it would be there. There were so many positive things about people all over the world writing us, contacting us, saying like, "Thanks for doing that." No, any athlete in the world mm. has ever done that, mm. giving his social media to the people and telling, "Hey, bring your voice out. Send me your story, and I will post it." Mm. And which is like unique. But this is this is uh, this is something different, you know. And but obviously, it's nowhere in the media because they don't care about that. Well, something that was in the media, and this will be my last question on Meza, I promise. Yeah. And um, something that was in the media was I should have bring him with me. Yeah, no, yeah. That'd have been, gr- that, that'd have been great. Time, I'll ask him. Yeah. Um, the, the, something that certainly was in the media, Erkut, was um, uh, Meza not wanting to play anymore for the German national team, um, and the quote. I read, which purportedly from him is, I am German when we win, I am an immigrant when we lose. And this, of course, was centred around his his meeting with the Turkish um, Turkish president. 
what what do you make what do you make of that and, and, what, and, and was that something was that a decision that you were included in and something you decided was best for Meza or or was it something that came from him and you'd said okay we'll 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 work with this the best we can I mean this can be never our decision like sure. that he leaves the German national team sure. as lot like uh, were you involved in the process of course we yeah. were involved in uh, helping him to in this process but the decision that he doesn't want to play anymore for Germany it's his own decision sure so because we said to him you know we were even like we tell him like you know think about it take your time go to holiday you don't have to decide anything now you're emotional and once he came back he said guys like I don't feel it anymore I think that's fair enough. I appreciate you answering that honestly. On 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 back to to to, to kind of your job. Um, do you find some of your clients or some of the clients within family and football are um, affected by negative criticism when they whether whether it's their performances or their actions? Does it affect them as players? And is it something sometimes you have to talk to them about? Yeah, I mean, mentally, uh, mental issues is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, which I and we're talking about them. You need to be a mentor. You need to be talking, especially with young people. Mm. So I think a lot of the football players, the young ones, their top talent, also the old ones. I mean. But the brain is so important. I think the mental issues is so important to be showing what you can do on the pitch. Mm. If you got distraction from family, other stuff, and you can't, you're not 100% concentrated at the weekend, you can't deliver. Mm. It doesn't matter how good you are actually are, how good your legs sure. are and everything. But if you're mentally, if you don't have the 100% confidence, 100% belief in yourself, if you doubt yourself, for example, you can forget it. Hmm. So you really need to work with players today. And I think the club started, and uh, also Arsenal, they have nowadays people inside the clubs, like I think every club must have it. A psychologist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Do you offer mental health support as part of your agency? Yeah, I mean, if we can't do something, you have to do it externally. Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert in mental health, right? So I will never start acting like a specialist. No. What we do is like more motivation, mm. what we can do. But if, if I feel they need something more than motivation, then we have to call someone and talk about that and mm. make a meeting. And really the player has to sit with someone from outside who is an expert and it can help him. And it's not a shame to do that. You have to do that. You have to help the players. You can't say, you can't hide it. Like, What are the, what are the sort of good and bad things about your job? What, what, what do you think? We, we mentioned at the top of this about the, the idea that this needs to be better regulated, that you need to have better people. I, I, I presume you'd like to see better, more professional people in the industry. Um, but what, what are the, currently the good things about the job? What, what, what does an agent do that's really important for a player? I mean, um, it's just a support network, really, is it? A, glory, a sort of kind of support network for everything they need that doesn't involve playing on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, the good thing, being an agent, it's different, difficult to answer. It's like, I would say, you do every day a different thing. Mm. No other day is like the same day. Like, mm. it changes every day. And and things happen sometimes very quick, uh, quickly. You need to respond quick. You have always different tasks. And uh, you have always challenging things. It's not like you go to work at 9 o'clock in the morning, get out at 5 or 6, and then the no. next day, and the weekend is off. You don't have it. You literally have every day. No one weekend. has that in football, do they? You yeah. have to work the weekend. Yeah, you yeah. have to literally, Saturday, Sunday, you watch games, you meet parents, you meet players, you meet mm. brands, you meet clubs. It's like every day something is going on. And it's it's not easy with family and stuff. I mean, I'm married and I have a son. Mm. I feel it sometimes. It's really difficult. Sure. And he's now two years old. Mm-hmm. That's... If I travel, I'm not there around. So that's the only issue we have. I think it's difficult. But uh, I mean, it's exciting because you don't know what happened tomorrow. That's really uh, something I love. I, I don't like this uh, way of life where every day is the same day. Mm. 
I like to be like, I don't know where I will be next week and I will travel and I meet again people and, and then explore. And I say, whoever goes away and see things gets more wiser yeah, in life. And sure. I think that's important. Like, and I, and I feel it when I go to different countries, different cultures. I was just in China one month ago for five days. And then I was in Italy last week for three days in, uh, in Torino and Milano. I was like, I'm traveling and I'm meeting people and uh, different cultures and makes it so exciting to learn about different cultures and different languages. And what, what, about, what about the bad things? What are the drawbacks to the, to, it's just the lifestyle is very busy and it's difficult or is it hard to, to fight the press or, or speak to clubs and some clubs are very difficult to deal with? What, what are the sort of downsides to the job you do? I mean, it's, I mean, you have to deal with people in the end yeah. and there will be difficult people yeah. uh, sometimes to deal with within the club or outside the club. And same like in the media, there are people you can deal nicely with and there are some you can't deal with. Which, which one am I, Erka? Huh? Which one am I? At the moment, good one. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> very much. I can't change any moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, one question I really wanted to ask you um, when, I, when I found out we were doing this is the idea that you have a big responsibility <clears throat> to young teenage kids so when you first get involved with football players they're they're young i know officially you can't be involved with them until they're a certain age but the real world is is perhaps a bit different i'm not suggesting you do that but clearly we all know in football that parents are spoken to things happen would you like to see tighter regulation around that in in particular but also um how 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 important is the role of looking after really young teenage kids when they're about to embark on their career and what kind of advice do you offer them i mean my biggest advice is focus on school sure okay number one i always say to them like if you're uh high school age i mean i mean it's always possible to do both together mm. uh, some some parents ask me oh should he focus no more in school or focus more in football now uh, he's now 15 16 17 18 whatever and, and i say look i would he can do both if he's smart enough mm. and if you work hard enough he can go to school, do his A-levels and play football mm. on a, in a good academy. Everything is possible if you really want to do it. Like. Are the clubs more responsible about education for kids now? Yeah, I think, I think it's changing. I think a lot of clubs, um, I mean, in Germany, I can say it's very good. Yeah. It's, uh, the system is fantastic with education. The clubs really take care of the kids' school and education. Do you they, think that's why they develop more players? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think so. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And yeah. now I think... In England, it's changing towards it as well. And I think the clubs are really taking care of that as well. And it's changing. And I think uh, if I see the difference between German and uh, English clubs, Mm. in the youth especially, the coaches are fantastic in Germany. Mm. I mean, that's what they're lacking here in England, I think. Good youth coaches. But I think it's coming now. Mm. I can feel it. I'm living here last six, seven years now. Mm. When I was coming, uh, the first time when I was in England, I really... They had some amazing pitches built up, new ones. And I'm looking, who's the coach? Mm. Not not really good one. Right. And I'm going to Germany. The pitches might not be the best ones now, like we have in England. Yeah. But the coaches are really, really good educated. Like if you go to the under-19 coach of Schalke, it's Norbert Elgert. I don't know if anyone, if you ever heard of mm. him. I mean, he's the best coach in Germany. Mm. Put them all together. Even the first team coaches, mm. in my eyes, he's number one. He mm. even won the award for the best coach in Germany. Right. Between all of them. He doesn't want to go and train the first team. He could easily, but he loves coaching young talents. Yeah. And all these big talents today, I mean, half of the German national team went through his hands. Mm. Yeah, if it's Draxler, if it's Leroy Sané, if it's Mesut Özil, Manuel Neuer, mm. Hövedes, Kolasinac, name it. Mm. I can, uh, Tilo Kera. And I think there's so many football players who went through his hands because 
they take care of this this part of education. I think England is coming now and have a great youth uh, academies, and and yeah. I think that's the future for them. And I suppose in England, sometimes it feels like coaches who coach academy, they want to at some point become first team coaches and they don't take it seriously. But that, when you think about it, you're absolutely right because those formative years of those young kids, that's when they learn the most. Their brains are like sponges, right? Yeah. So that's what, and so it's really important. Yeah. I think we've, we've got a good um, crop of young players in England now yeah. coming through, but I think we can't be too complacent about it. We've got yeah. to stay on it. What, what, um, there'll be plenty of people listening to this who, quite a bit younger than, than us and, and think, do you know what? I'm perhaps not good enough to be a football player, but I'd quite like to work in football and be an agent. Um, what would you, what advice would you give them? I mean, I was in the same kind of, a, this, oh, were you? I was okay. in the same kind of situation. I was yeah. playing in a youth academy in Germany. I was in Hanover. I'm born, raised in Hanover. Okay. And my, my, so for my father it was always clear, you will become a lawyer or a doctor. I, I, really? even, I said, I want to become a teacher. Like that was my thing. I want to become a football player or a yeah. teacher. And he said, no lawyer or doctor. And I said, okay. He wants me to become lawyer or doctor. So he never could have education because he didn't have the money in Turkey back then to go to school. So my grandfather couldn't send him to school. He needed to work on the fields. So so my father's dream was his son needs to become a lawyer or a doctor. At least we need to be educated. And I said, oh, but I'm really good in football. You know, I want to become a football player. And he said, no, no, no. He never came and watched one single game of mine. Really? Not even once. He said, no, you have to go. So in the end, I might not be 100% good enough to become a football player, yeah. but then I decided to study, go to university. And I studied law because of my father, but I found a middle way. I said, okay, I can study law, do my master's, I do my doctor in law, so I can start teaching at university instead of yeah. teaching at school. So I'm still a teacher, but on university level, but yeah. I'm a lawyer. Yeah. And my father's happy, the son is a lawyer, and I'm happy, I'm a teacher at university. That's yeah. what I did in the end. Okay. And I started focusing on sports while I was studying. Mm. I started very early doing interns in, in football agencies. That's what I would tell the young kids right now outside there. When you study, start early getting interns, read you, uh, read about sports law, sports management, try to get into it as early as possible so you can educate yourself. And then later on, you might become a sports lawyer, you might become a sports agent, or you can work in a football club. There's so many opportunities there. Yeah. So they have to start early with that. So and, and they can be very successful and they can still work in football or in any other sports. Or indeed, they could perhaps buy your book as well. Yeah, they can buy my book as well. What's the name of it? Tell us the name. How to Become a Football Agent. Well, there you go. That's all you need. Uh, That's the, the Bible. Yeah, it's the second edition. It's coming out now. I mean, it's uh, literally next week. We, you can buy it. You can pre-order it already now. But we had the first edition. It was fantastic last year. And that uh, we decided to do a second edition mm. with more contract examples in the back. So people can see how does a contract look like between a player and an agent? Mm. How a contract looks like between the player and the club? Mm. Or how a mandate looks like? Another mm. agent gives another agent a mandate to take care of his player in another country mm. and try to find him a deal. So I wanted to give more. And also I put in a lot of different agents who are telling their experiences. Great. So the biggest agent in Australia, New Zealand, Paddy Dominguez, he writes about how is it being an agent there? There's an agent from South Korea explaining how is it being a football agent there. There's an agent from the MLS. There's an agent from South America and France, which is Mathieu. Um, he is the agent of Ospina. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So he tells about being an agent in Colombia and these countries. So I gave like trying to give them a view of different agents mm -hmm. telling a story. Mm -hmm. And in that package, if someone reads about that, he will understand, oh, how can I become a football agent? It's kind of the first step and first intro because there's nothing outside there to read. It's an absolutely fascinating story. Uh, the book is great please go out and buy a copy of it I'll put a link on it on the synopsis and in the social media okay thank you very much for your time thank oh, you for coming in thank you for having me I'm I really, it was really nice thank you 
was a Radio Stakhanov production. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.